The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Municipal pools. So, um, yeah, tricky changing, moving into uh, a stall or whatever. Uh, a couple of texts coming in this afternoon saying, hey, you know what? Um, I think you've missed part of this. Um, uh, the change rooms are individual stalls where you can change into your bathing suit, and the showers are individual stalls where you can shower. Very similar how, to how it's set up at this person's gym. There are no individual change rooms there, just stalls that everyone can use. I love that idea. I that that doesn't bother me near as much. Okay, so everybody gets their own stall, stall to change, their own stall to shower, and their own stall to go to the bathroom, right? Does that seem more efficient than having a men's room and a women's room? I I couldn't tell you. I've I've not I've not been uh, I've not been through one. To me, it seems less efficient. Efficient? How though? Efficient because you think it's more difficult to change your kids and you know get. Well, there's all of that, but I mean, just from a design perspective, if you have to have three individual components to each dressing room so as not to have men and women see one another but you already have that in a change room you have you have locker areas with with a bench uh setup so that's mm-hmm. one you have private yeah, change but we rooms can all number use that. two no 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 you're talking about one room you're talking about the difference between a gymnasium and a classroom you have a room now where everybody can change and we're changing that under this idea to individual stalls where everyone change changes then you have individual individual stalls where everyone goes to the bathroom but of course as guys we have urinals and then you are changing it so that you have an individual stall to shower and I don't know what a women's shower looks like but I mean we just all you're you know everybody just goes into a main shower area and showers right yeah I'm just trying to think the last time I was at at the Y you have that area where you're changing with the benches and all the lockers it's all split up into different areas you have some private areas if you want to do that you have the power you have the private uh, stalls for the bathroom or changing and um I showered in my suit. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> your bathing suit. Yeah. Yeah, it makes way more sense. Yeah. So, again, I. Hmm. Yeah. Like I say, maybe I'm just old school. It just, it seems to me that rather than compartmentalize everything, that that's the whole idea behind the change room is that. If the whole idea is we don't want, I mean, is the is the idea we don't want guys seeing girls, girls seeing guys, or is the idea we don't want anybody seeing anybody? By the sounds of it, in sounds this like in this place, we don't yes. want anybody seeing yeah. anybody. Yeah. And again, this isn't you know we're not talking that this is happening at uh, you know here. There mm-hmm. are there are change rooms that have obviously moved moved ahead, but yeah. this is in Montreal. Mm-hmm. No nudity at all. No nudity at all. Hmm. That's tricky. Hi, Craig. Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, just kind of giggling at this topic. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to you understand it. Wow. There's other things going on in the world, and why are we focusing on this? Well, why are we focusing on this? No, I mean as as uh Yeah, exactly. Like, we're... Fo- yeah, I know what you're saying. We're focusing on it because this is the wave of the future, so it's, you know, <laughs> pun intended. God, I hope not. <laughs> because, you know, here's There's the other kids thing. kids starving out there. Right, right. You know, people that don't have warm glows. And, yep. and oh, wow, man. Like, I remember when I went to uh, the Crystal Pool in Victoria, and my mom took my brother and I, my younger brother and I, into the change room with her. 
and we were just kids, you know, like four or five years old. Yeah. And it was into the woman's change room because she didn't want to leave us by ourselves in the men's change room. Yeah. And I, I was a little um, confused because, well, there's girls walking around and, and it was no big deal. I figured it out, but man, oh man, there's other other issues out there. Don't you agree, Andrew? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's just it, right? Uh, politicians focusing but, on but, rules but it, with regard to changing rooms. Let's, let's be yeah. real, though. There are thousands of parents, thousands, hundreds of thousands of parents across this country every day that take their kids to a change room for a swimming lesson to a whatever kind of lesson. And, yeah, the reality is they have to figure out whether or not is my kid old enough, young enough to go into this change room? Do I put them in the boys' change room by themselves? Can I bring them into the the girls change room with mom and you know it's that there there is that line and there is that confusion and hey let's be real for those of us who are in the change room with your kids who are four years old and five years old and we're trying to change and the kids are kind of like what the hell's going on here it's it's awkward and and that's all i'm saying it's just awkward yeah, no, so I get i'm not saying let, let's totally blow this issue off no do i think it's you know we're, we're not solving world peace here or anything like that but it is a reality <laughs> for thousands of parents listening to this show right now. But it's, it's an awkwardness that we all lived through. I mean, we all made it work, those of us who yeah. went to and change rooms. Is there rooms a better and, way to do it? Is there a better adapt. way? Yeah. Adapt, right? Like, it's part yeah. of growing up, in my opinion. It's, that's how I see it, too. You know, when, when I would take my little kids into the change room, when my big ones were little, and actually these two as well. So I got a little girl and I got a little boy with me, and we're in a men's change room, Right. So you just find that portion of the maze that's a little more private than the others and or maybe that's she right. you know, or maybe she wears her bathing suit there and you just have to take her clothes off and, and away with the door go. open, do some blockage. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like a, yeah, you know, like you you adapt, you accommodate. But is, um, but Craig, if there's a better way of doing that and that's individual stalls like this place is done, why not? So here's an argument against that question because I don't know that this is a better way to do it. Aside from, you know, you're telling kids that we must never look at each other or whatever else you're teaching them. What happens when the pool, clo- at the end of the day, when the pool closes and the thousand people come out of the pool and into the changing room, is there going to be a thousand compartments? Oh, come on, Andrew. You know that there's not a thousand people coming in at that time. Well, like pick a number. Pick a number. How many people at a rec pool? Well, it's like any time. It's like any time that you go to a to a gym or you go to a, to a rec pool, if you're stuck in there after the kids' kitty swim class gets out there, you're swamped by a bunch of 10-year-olds or 5-year-olds. It's just you deal with it. doesn't matter. There's not enough so room. So we can deal with that, but we can't deal I'm with saying, just averting our I'm eyes. I'm just saying that there's not change. enough room on the benches for all of the kids running no, around. No, but it's more efficient to have a big room with a whole bunch of lockers and everybody just does their business and grabs a locker and out you go, yeah, right? And, and again, I'm not going to... This isn't something that's um, you know, it's not my hill to die on or anything like that. <laughs> like I, I yeah. really, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really care. I'm going to find a place to change and go, go on and do my business. It's I, I think the biggest part of this one is the entire nudity aspect of it. We have to find a way. Um, you know, if you're forbidding nudity, that's a bigger issue than having someone, you know, naked in a change room for 10 minutes while they're struggling into their bathing suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah but then, then they're having um, nude 
nude um, suppers or nude restaurants. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, hey, no, let's hey, go to funny. France. Let's go to Paris I that one and eat. the other day, and I was like, are you kidding me? Those Canadians are doing what? <laughs> Craziness. They're naked 10 seconds out of the pool. Oh, Craig, thanks. I learned a long time ago that you don't cook bacon in the nude. That's right. Why would you want to eat supper in the nude? <laughs> Solid advice. Thanks for the call, Craig. Appreciate it. Some of the texts come in. Someone says, you know, inefficient stalls are individual stalls are so inefficient and someone else says they're com- it works really great at, at that person's gym uh, again i guess you you just have to see it and figure it out hi david hi jaylene my goodness i seem to think seem to remember this sort of conversation came up about three months ago as well oh was it we like to talk about being naked david yeah <laughs> We talk about it. We don't like being naked. We talk about it. Yeah, but why not make life so much easier? Have family rooms where you can take kids of the Mm. opposite sex in with you and get them undressed and just have men and women mixed. If you want a a private one, they can have half a dozen of those, but they don't need to have them all isolated. It it costs a ton more money, which somebody's going to pay for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, your membership fees probably. Oh yeah, or it's going to be public, and you're going to pay through it, pay for it through your taxes. If I'm paying membership fees to have my own individual change room, that's different. But if it's a, a public thing, then have family. I don't I don't want to see some little girl coming in. She's naked, but so am I. But by the same token, to isolate males of all sex, to me is asinine. Because it's just a waste of money. All right. Mm. David from Onaway weighing in this afternoon. Uh, the family rooms, this text came in, says the family room at the new rec centers are huge, probably just as big, if not bigger, than uh, men's or women's rooms. Never had an issue in them. Sometimes you just have to wait a couple of minutes. Uh, Luke says, with a little toddler who likes running around, individual stalls rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a father to three young girls. Taking them swimming or even to the bathroom at a restaurant is difficult, and I often have to send them on their own, which I feel very uneasy about because they are too young. I would appreciate individual stalls that anyone can go into regardless of anatomy. Family rooms are around, but not always. Khaled, Khaled's on the phone. Hi. Hi. How do you say How your you name? Doing? Good. How do you say your name properly? Uh, it's actually Khaled. Khaled. Sorry. Go. Now I know. Thank you. No, no problem. I just wanted to say I was uh, the other day. I was uh, picking up my kids from the uh, from the YMCA, and I walked in the locker room because uh, they were taking too long, and I see a whole bunch of naked men. You know, I was I was really offended. You know, by this. Uh, you know, we're not animals, okay? Uh, we can put a towel around uh, our waist <laughs> and change. Uh, you know, uh, and nudity in public or in private, it's still nudity. See, now, as long as you said that, let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, so the idea here is we're all going to be in the same change room, but we're all going to be in stalls, so that way nobody sees anybody, which solves the problem. But wouldn't another way to solve the problem be what you just said? Put a towel around you. That's right. Nope. It, it's, it's just very common sense. But there are many people that don't do that. Right, so make the rule, make a rule, because the rule. rule costs way less <laughs> you know, than individual you know the, stalls. You know, you know the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, there's an easier uh, than a towel, you know, like uh, uh, put some, uh, okay, uh, uh, a plastic, uh, uh, non-transparent uh, uh, skirt 
that uh, everybody can use <laughs> and uh, disposable. Could do that as well. It seems you know, it just seems costly to build individual stalls for everything. Yeah, but uh, but uh, you know to expose yourself in front of kids that's totally wrong. Yeah, and I've seen that for sure. I've seen that in change rooms, and I've you know I've been a parent with little mm-hmm. kids in change rooms. I mean, I can't control what he does, but I control what my kids do. So yeah. well, you, exactly, well, the, the eye is very quick to look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you cannot control your eyes, uh, even if you try. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, you know, uh, and my kids never saw saw me naked. I don't want uh, them to see a strange man naked. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't want them to see a strange anything naked. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> thank, uh, okay. thank you for calling. Appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Take care now. Well, that's yeah. Do we have to do we have to start diff- thinking differently about nudity? Well, obviously we do because they're changing the rules about uh, nudity. Well, no, I'm just I, I no, I, I'm going in a different way. I mean, so and no... I think we've talked about this before about how some countries and how some areas yeah. are much more um, comfortable and, and, and liberal when it comes to um, nudity, much more comfortable with it. Whereas uh, I think we as North Americans tend to be a little bit more, you know, conservative about it. We don't we don't want we don't we're not flaunting it all. We're not flaunting it. Listen, there's nothing sexual about getting ready to go swimming, right? Nope. There's the nudity is the problem. But there's nothing sexual about breastfeeding. But when we have the breastfeeding conversation, yeah. it's like, hey, so what? They're breastfeeding. But when we have the we're changing for to go swimming conversation, it's like, well, we must all have individual stalls so as not to inadvertently see one another's nudity. It just seems well, no, like I think, I think it in a way is a way to alleviate that awkwardness for, yeah. for many people. And I and I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I guess here's the last thing I'll say on this. Life is full of awkward moments. Life is full of disappointing moments. Life is full of a lot of moments, but it seems like we're trying to legislate anything potentially even slightly negative out of life. So, you know, if we build individual stalls and we don't identify anybody as a man or a woman and we make the rooms big enough that it accommodates everybody who's in our Olympic-sized pool and then somebody at the meeting says, what if we just tell people to use a towel? Like, shut up, you're an idiot. We're going to build... A, you know what I mean? You can't... Does the solution always have to be the most complex? Take, into everybody, take everybody into consideration solution. Does it always have to be... We have to think of every inevitability so as not to have anybody go before a human rights tribunal and the guy who suggests the towel is just, like, not heard. Right? My kids... I took them but into a corner. You, they put. I yeah, held up a towel for my daughter. It was awkward. Yeah. And it, and it was awkward. Wouldn't it have been easier to have a place for them just to change on their own, not have to worry about it? It would be easier, but I mean, it would be. You know what? It'd be even easier is if you know every house had a walking, a moving sidewalk to get me to the pool. Like, there's a lot Come of things on. that you you don't have to go to all of this trouble when the obvious solution but is... Apparently, they don't think yeah. it is the trouble. If that's the way that they're building these new rec centers mm. and that's the way that, 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 that it's going... Mm. I guess... I don't know. Again, I'm just going back to this. I'm still laughing at the fact yeah. that they banned nudity all the way around because I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out. And in Quebec, where <laughs> I thought they encouraged and it. I'm, and I'm trying to figure out how then you get into your bathing suit. It's just, it's... Uh, Do you know, I saw, I was in England as a child, not a child, a teenager. We went to Bristol Beach, I think it was called, and 
There are no change rooms at Bristol Beach. And everyone in England just puts a towel around themselves and then does uh, some kind of magic act yeah. and ends up in their swimsuit. Yeah, and it's too bad that more people don't do that right. in public change rooms. Yeah, nobody looks at each other. Nobody <laughs> points and shouts and hey, laughs. Well, we need and, to take a break here. Okay. Someone told us to um, stop eating like a bunch of fatties to become more comfortable in our body. <laughs> Thanks for go. that. Appreciate it. Sure. Uh, hi, Kevin. Hi, how are you? Good. <laughs> well, I was just hey, called, um, I was just called a fatty for the uh, second time you've been in called the, worse. a couple Come days, on. so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> What's going well, I, on, Kevin? Yeah, I, uh, I was uh, cued into your comment there about um, uh, on the beach in England and not having really any change rooms. Yeah. Well, that. I, I taught uh, grade three in England, in the south of England, and as a Canadian, our sensibilities, I think, are a lot different than in Europe and mm-hmm. maybe, obviously, in, in you know, Quebec. But uh, first teaching job, and when I was teaching this grade school... Kevin, you're breaking up. Oh, sorry. The school had a swimming pool. Yeah. And the students changed right in the classroom. And I was told by the other teachers that this is what would happen. And I was mortified ahead of time as to what, how this would go on. And so the boys, we're talking about eight-year-olds, would be on one side of the class and the girls on the other. And they held the towels for each other mm-hmm. as I sat at my desk. And they just, you know, mortified and, <laughs> and tried not to show it as they changed into their swimsuits. But it and worked. Then, but it worked, and they we slid the, the back of the classroom door open, and they walked out to the pool, and we had swim lessons right there. But, you know, it's just, I, I teach, uh, you know, right now in Alberta here, and when we take the kids to the pool, um, I notice that culturally there are big differences. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, yeah. like, the, like uh, many of the First Nations students, they all line up, and want a private change room area hmm. whereas whereas everybody else just kind of changes in the open yeah it, so it's it has to do a lot with i think cultural yeah absolutely absolutely Kevin. yeah cultural absolutely. things i mean i grew up and it was just you just averted your eyes but you know at any rate i thought uh, i thought i would just add that to the thank call. you yeah, so much it. great phone call great to hear okay. from you that's kevin at 328 we'll take a break here for the 330 Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, it is Tuesday. Usually it's Monday when we do this. But, but Monday well, was a here. holiday. So that means uh, Tuesday is the day for the who. Uh, Todd Hirsch uh, heard us talking about nudity and rushed to the station in person. Uh, fully clothed, though, and looking fully as dashing clothed. as you always do. Well, I was tempted, actually, to just strip right down and say, this is, this is my right. I can but I thought that wouldn't be in good form. So. Oh, I, oh, I snorted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see you to want to talk new? about we housing do. starts. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I loved uh, this topic today, Todd, because, yeah, you did want to talk about the, the housing market. <laughs> yeah, from nudity to and, the yeah, housing well, market. Yeah, from a nudity to nudist 
way down here. And because I'm, I'm fascinated with what's happening in my end of town. Like yeah. there's just uh, all new subdivisions going up there. And you, you talk about it being a really good barometer of how Alberta yeah. is doing. How How is that? Why is that? Well, the housing market, along with retail sales, these are two of the indicators that I track all the time that give a good sense of how optimistic people are feeling about the economy. So obviously, if people are nervous about their job or maybe they've been laid off or hours cut or mm-hmm. bonuses cut, they're not going to be out spending as much. They're going to cut back on discretionary things. And they're probably going to hold off on maybe building a new house. And we saw in 2015 and 2016, housing starts really did dip mm-hmm. to about half the level, in fact, at the lowest point of the recession, about half the level of building we saw in 2014, just prior to the recession. So there was this big, you know, predictable pullback in enthusiasm to build new homes. In 2017, we did see that rebound back, uh, mostly, not all the way back to pre-recession levels. But between March and July, there was this nice kind of healthy rebound. So it, I think, indicated that most Albertans who were waiting for the right time to build a home, by early 2017, they thought, okay, the worst of this downturn is behind us. Oil prices are back above 50. Things have stabilized. Now's the time to do it. So are we talking about people buying homes, though, or are we talking about people building homes? This is The, the stats that I came with today are about new housing starts. Okay, so building so, homes. Yeah, building new homes, which is one piece of the residential real estate market. You could also look at existing home mm-hmm. sales and prices of existing homes and all that. But this is just what I'm talking about today is just new okay. home construction. So do- the difference, I know, oh, sorry, Jay. I was going to say, do prices come into factor here, though? Yeah, absolutely. So what prices of existing homes are doing, you know, if they're rising or falling, that will influence enthusiasm for a new build. Mm -hmm. So if new or existing home prices are are through the roof, that makes it relatively more attractive to say, well, if we're going to pay that much, why don't we just build our own home Mm -hmm. and we can customize it all? Whereas if existing home sales were, were, or prices were, were really low or depressed. And they never actually got that bad during the recession, especially here in Edmonton. Yeah. Existing home prices didn't really fall that much. But had they fallen, say, 20%, then it tips the balance in favor of, let's buy an existing home, and then we can do renovations yeah. on it. Yeah, interesting. So we're talking about discretionary buying, basically, but two different types of discretionary buying, because they're both affected by different things. So if I think I can get another year out of my car or another uh, couple of months out of my uh, mm-hmm. television, yeah. mm-hmm. um, then, you know, maybe I do that uh, while I wait to see, you know, what's happening with my job. But when you're talking about a house, there's other factors, the the commitment, the time commitment to how long I'm going to own and be paying for that home, what mortgage rates will be doing during that time, what mortgage rates are doing right now. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they aren't quite apples and oranges, but they're definitely not apples and apples, right? That's right. There's a lot of consideration that goes into all these things. And you mentioned one of them, the timing of interest rate increases. And that was the other thing, I think, that uh, why we saw a lift in 2017, because there was a sense that even though in the first half of 17, interest rates were low, there was a sense it's not going to be too long before we start to see them creeping up. And we did in July and then again in September, interest rates and mortgage rates starting to go up. So I think that pulled forward a little bit to the first half of 17, some of the enthusiasm to get going on those new homes. And we might now see, in fact, the last most recent three months we've seen 
do in show, uh, in fact, show just a bit of moderation in, in home starts, back below the 30,000 level. Yeah, I was going to say, what does it look like for, you know, going into the new year? Probably a little softer, not down to recession Good. lows, but probably just pulling back a little bit. So when we saw that big, healthy resurgence in the first half of 17, I don't think it was a sign that, in fact, we're, we're going back to where we were. I think it was a bit of pent-up demand and a bit of enthusiasm maybe to get into the market before rates start to mm-hmm. go up. And now I think we can anticipate just a bit of pullback. So a little bit of catch-up is what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, because that's the other point I wanted to make or ask you about is that, again, with my car or my TV, um, we all own, I guess maybe car is a bad example, pretty much all of us own a TV, right? So, but not all of us own a home. Right. So it would also depend for the developer as to whether or not they believed that there was going to be more people coming into the area in order with the need to buy a home, which would then depend on how healthy your economy is. So that's right. In some ways, the model's upside down because is it a supply or demand situation? Yeah. And then complicating it are some changes in demographics and some of the tastes and preferences. Uh, Some of the millennials, they're not really that interested in home ownership, which drives people of our generation crazy, you know, because we were, it was always instilled mm-hmm. in our head you got to get into home ownership as soon as you can and best investment you'll best ever make investment you know and and for a lot of people it, it's turned out that way but for a whole generation of millennials um they might not be as interested in that and i don't think that's a shortcoming on their part i just think it reflects they have different values and things that are important to them do you know off the top of your head the latest numbers how many people are are moving to alberta each from year other we're still provinces? looking like 35 40 a year wasn't it at one point uh from other pro- uh, i don't know how the numbers off the top of my Head. I do know at the moment, and for the last seven quarters, in other words, almost two years, interprovincially, yes. we've been losing people. Okay. But a trickle of people. So not a stampede of people out, not like the 80s or even recessions in the 90s. In that respect, this recession was a bit unique because it was a very deep recession. But we actually didn't see a tremendous outflow of people. It It is negative with other provinces, but kind of a trickle negative because i keep wondering who's buying all these houses that are that are being built like if there's going to be another you know thirty-two thousand this year who's buying them well interprovincially we've seen a net outflow but internationally we still enjoy a pretty heavy Ah. positive in other words we're still attracting far more people from the rest of the world not a lot of people fleeing canada (laughs) so So, So, more people coming here from other countries so at the end of the day is this good news bad news or well uh, on the housing starts i think it's uh, it's good news, but I think it's a caution. Let's not look at the, the upswell that we saw in the first half of 17 as solid evidence that we're going back to where we've recovered to back where we were before the recession. I think we're headed for just a bit of a pullback. That's, you know, I'm the eternal optimist in this. <laughs> I consider this a recalibrating of our economy, a rebalancing. So things are improving, but we're not going back to what our economy looked like in 2014. And I say that's probably a good thing. I was going to say, is that a good thing? I think it is because I think it shows, um, while people have recalibrated some of their expectations around wages uh, and especially in the energy sector, go back to 13 and 14, 2013, 14, 
there was over hiring going on and probably overpaying and I'm probably going to get angry emails from listeners. Well, that's to, just a fact. <laughs> I always get a few. <laughs> but now they're recalibrating. Energy companies are readjusting to a world where 55 is the new normal, I think. 107 was Disneyland. It wasn't mm-hmm. a realistic price. 55 is and energy companies in the province are recalibrating downward some of their wages and some of their hiring. That's difficult. I understand that if you're used to making more money and now you're making less. Nonetheless, energy workers or employees in energy companies are still by far the highest Mm -hmm. paid in the country. So Mm -hmm. those wages are coming down a little bit. That's a recalibrating. I think it's healthy for the energy sector, and I think it's healthy for Alberta's economy. Mm. Just out of curiosity, um, the numbers that we're comparing these housing starts to, um, would they would those numbers have been in any way artificially inflated by, say, the rebuilding of Fort McMurray? That's a great question, and the answer is no. And I was wrong on that because I was talking when they started rebuilding in Fort McMurray. I said some of these housing starts are because of the rebuild in Fort McMurray. And I actually got a note from a very polite person from Statistics Canada uh, saying, actually, that's not the way it works. If a home is destroyed by fire or whatever and it's rebuilt, that actually counts as a renovation. It really? Have, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so an interesting It fact. doesn't count as a, as, as a new start because there was an existing property there, an existing home. So it counts as a, I guess in this case, a major renovation, but it doesn't count as a new home start. Okay, and as far as the current numbers or the most current numbers, is that possibly affected by a lack of trades, given that we've just gone through a recessionary period, that some of those trades may have left the province and not everybody's able to get the trades they need? Yeah, why why housing starts have yeah why these increased? numbers could be better. I'm I'm oh, I'm throwing um, a theory out there that these yeah. numbers could be better if more trades were available to build the houses. Yeah, I hadn't really considered that. I don't know if we're quite at a shortage of trades uh, skilled trades workers. We might be. I know a lot of them did leave to BC because there's a lot of jobs there now. You Try doing a reno and see if you you don't think we're oh, short of well, yeah. trades. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. We did lose a lot to BC. They have to live in a bus shelter when they get there, but. Um, yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, but we did lose a lot. So there might be some strain for the home builders for some of those skilled trades, and that could be holding things back a bit. You um, you get up to Edmonton quite often. Yeah, probably um, every week. Yeah, and uh, Calgary's home, though. Yeah. Uh, curious Edmonton's to... my hometown, though. Yes. He's a hometown <laughs> boy. Is it? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I did not I went know to that. Harry Ainley. Did you go yeah. so did I my went wife. to University of Alberta? I grew up my whole life hating yeah. Calgary. Yeah. Really? So I, yeah, I was You went to the school with no windows. Well, there's a lot of skylights. Yeah. <laughs> that was how weird I always concept. justified it. Yeah, it was kind of like a prison. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's be honest. I think most people think high school is. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious to know, um, looking at Edmonton and Calgary right now, because we, we've mm-hmm. talked about this every once in a while, just uh, how things are doing. I was in Calgary not yeah. too long ago, downtown, kind of looking around at things. What do you think is... It, What's happening downtown Calgary compared to here? Well, there's no doubt in the recession of 15 and 16, Calgary got hit harder uh, because it was a lot of those high-paid professional head office jobs that were cut. And that's really where there was too many people working in those, you Mm -hmm. know, how many project managers do you need? And there's an admission now. I talked to people in the energy patch, and yeah, there was far over-hiring. So now things have... um, 
they are rebalancing, but there's fewer people downtown Calgary. You yeah, notice it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the word again is recalibration. I think that yeah, is the that's word. Right. That's the word of the day. day. Uh, one of our listeners has a question for you. Would you guys be so kind as, as to ask Todd whether he has any insight as to how the new upcoming changes to the Municipal Government Act are going to affect the cost to purchase a new home in Alberta? Ooh, it's a great question, but I have to plead ignorance on this, and I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things better to keep your mouth shut and be thought Absolutely. of than open your mouth and, <laughs> and remove all doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Todd Hirsch, uh, Senior <laughs> Economist at ATV Financial, joining us in studio for the weekly edition of The, the Hoot. Hoot. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. In studio for The Hoot. Oh, always makes me want to go out and buy a suit. <laughs> I was thinking today... I'm that was ba- a great suit that he had on today. He always has a great suit on. I'm, I'm back in suit, not weather. I'm back in the suit season because I'm doing a lot of corporate yeah. work, right? So I've got to get the suits out, make sure everything's dry cleaned. I've got shirts that ties that match. and I'm not big on suits, honestly, as you might have noticed. But I understand the need to wear one when you're at a gala or a corporate event, so I'm happy to put one on. But it's always that the suit is the true measurement of how you've been doing over the last six months, you know, <laughs> like a T-shirt stretches, uh, you know, pants stretch, stretch, everything stretches, but a suit. So it's when you put the suit on, you're like, OK, well, no, it was funny when we had that last uh, the last photo shoot over there at Global in between your jacket, your blazer and my blazer and John Chawal, the fashion guy is taping things down and yeah. clipping things into place. And it's like, what is going on here? Apparently, yeah, either my body doesn't work with this suit or this suit um, well, it makes did not look near it? as good as I thought it right. did. Right. What I do to compensate, of course, there's two different ways to approach the problem. One is to get fit and the other is to buy bigger clothes. So I went the big, buy bigger clothes route and then when somebody like that who's a professional yep. stylist has to tape it all down for you, you realize you probably haven't been wearing the appropriate mm-hmm. size or style, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I've got three odd stories, all of which entertain what we'll have to do between four and five. Uh, Are we out of time? We're out of time already. All right. Well, we'll find time to fit them in. And they involve uh, meat, Bodie McBoat face, (laughs) and and dog ownership. Not all in the same story. Bodie McBoat face. That version 2.0. This kills me, this story. It's all- the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.